Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, the host of this podcast. And after spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted to continue to find ways to give back to individuals that want to get into this business or individuals that are currently in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'll have the privilege to sit down with top-ranking professionals in our industry. You'll hear their career path, what they look for in successful people, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Time certainly flies. It is crazy to think it's season four of 52 Weeks of Hustle already. With season four, I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path. We're going to discuss three key topics that are current in the industry and three hustle hot seat questions. And... Three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now, on to our guests this week. It's not often you get to be a part of several very fun projects in sports and some of the biggest brands in New York. I'm excited to have Joe Stetson, Chief Commercial Officer with the New York Red Bulls of the MLS. Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Travis. Joe, very excited to chat with you, and, and there's a lot of mutual connections. We talk about this business being small, so certainly excited to dive into your career. And let's just kick it off where we started. You've worked now in that New York market. You've worked at MSG, the Brooklyn Nets, Van Wagner Sports, and then in part of the MetLife Stadium, and now onto the New York Red Bulls. What is one key component that stands out with all of those stops? Uh, for me, it's really it's the relationships. You know, it's the network of people. Uh, you know, we were just talking about how small this industry actually is. It's crazy how close knit, you know, it is as well, too, especially in this market, in the New York market, where there's 30 professional sports franchises, there's five major sports league offices, there's eight venues, three regional sports networks, there's multiple agencies. Sounds um, like you've had to talk about that in the past. <laughs> I, 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 you know, and it's part, of, part of it also is, too, that... Working in this market, as I'm sure you've spoken to some other folks that work in this market, like you have that in your mind because that's also competition too. Yep. You're thinking yep. about like, all right, exactly. you know, I've got a game this Saturday. There's seven other teams that have games this Saturday at four different venues. So, um, no, absolutely. And, and you know, with that, with those relationships, I mean, I would say I've had multiple mentors you know, at each stop, right? Who, you know, I speak to weekly mentees at each stop, friends who, you know, just telling you about, you know, weddings I stood in, right? Yep. You know, with folks, um, people I followed, you know, to new jobs, people I've recruited to multiple places. So many of us joke about how incestuous this industry is in this market, but yeah, for me, it's really, it's the relationships. And I, and I love that you say that and it's a common theme on 52 weeks also, it's the value of people. Right. You know, people lead and, and money, title and responsibility follow. And, and most importantly, like it, it is all about the people you surround yourself with. Diving into your career, Joe, you start out with with Madison Square Garden in the marketing lens. Thinking back, what's one thing, you know, now that you wish you would have known or done back then? So much. So, <laughs> but um, so I started as a 19 year old intern um, at Madison Square Garden and stayed there for almost 12 years. I truly grew up there. Um, it was the mid, late 90s. And one thing I wish I took more interest in uh, at the time was definitely the power of data and analytics. Yeah. Um, MSG was way ahead of the curve at the time. Um, they had a robust research team, research department, which is now called business and you know, intelligence yeah. team. Right. Um, and it was led by a pioneer in the industry uh, his name was Lois Freeman, and I do wish I took more time and interest at that at that point uh, to really dive into you know data and insights because I've become more and more obsessed with data insights as my career has gone on. Uh, so yeah, I just wish I, I took more of an interest of it and really took you know 
uh, yeah, really took took it more advantage of it. Yeah, data is so big now. And you you mentioned you spend you know, over twelve years with MSG with the Knicks, Rangers, and all the other events, and you know the world's most famous arena. And while there, you help. You know, from a marketing lens, as as sponsors come in and over, you know, over seven hundred fifty million dollars in sponsorship revenue across, you know, two hundred, three hundred plus events or whatever it is over the years. What all went into conceptualizing, you know, that sponsor asset, presenting it, and then ultimately, the most important part is the execution. Execution that high level of all those assets that go into each of those deals. Yeah, it's probably probably worth it to kind of explain how I got involved in it because I was a, you know, at the time I was a marketing coordinator for MSG Networks, which, you know, I don't know, I don't know if, how, how much you know about, um, you know, the New York market at that time, uh, but, you know, it was the only regional sports network. So every New York area sports team was on MSG Networks. Um, every live sporting event outside of NFL was on MSG Networks. So uh, it was before the Yankees started the Yes Network, before the Mets started SNY. Um, and, you know, despite the fact that so much was going on at the world's most famous arena, you know, the real revenue was being generated with their, with their sports networks, with the TV networks. And there were legendary senior level, um, sales executives that were there, uh, from Scott Epstein to Brian LaFamina and Neil Davis, Joe Gangone. And some of these guys, I, I later followed on to some of my next jobs, but as a young marketer and young marketing coordinator for two, two of these networks, I was coordinating and managing all these branded integrations, right? These live promotions during Yankees, Mets, Knicks, Rangers games, and so on. And I thought as I was doing this for a few months, um, you know, that things could be improved significantly, um, you know, versus what was given to me by the salespeople. And so a very bold, very young Joe Stetson went to these sales titans, you know, I think it was Scott Epstein at the time. And I said to him, I said, let me be more involved in the creation process. Right. Uh, I think these elements can be much, much better. Um, and Scott very directly said to me, he's like, all right, hot shot. Like, you think you could do better? Like, there you go. You know, come, come on in and, and start, you know, I want you to start presenting at our weekly meetings. Right. Um, and that turned into sales reps taking me on sales pitches and then working on pitch decks. And that started with me supporting not only just the TV sales assets, but then doing the Knicks and the Rangers and other events. And, um, and it was, yeah, I mean, it was really my first experience in the sales side of things. And I really started to enjoy it. But more importantly, my bosses at the time, it was Debbie Pateri and then it was Steve Mars. They, they showed me a model of selfless leadership by allowing me and empowering me to really get experience and exposure outside of my you know core responsibilities, which was marketing at the time. No, that's awesome. And that's a key of, you mentioned several names, right? It's the value of people. They, they were yeah. able to give you kind of the autonomy and the ability to learn something new. And post MSG and a, lo- a long tenure there, you, you you head on over to Brooklyn with the Nets and BSE Global as the senior director of marketing. And you know, throughout your career, you, you ultimately got into the leadership space. Why was leadership the right fit for you? Yeah, so I followed um, one of those guys I mentioned, Neil Davis, to, to you know, work you know, with him at the Nets, he, he was at the Nets and I was very fortunate to work with him, work with Brett Yormark and eventually work with, uh, work for Freddie Mangione. Who's still a guest of 52 weeks of hustle. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Great episode, by the way. Thank you. Uh, still a dear friend of mine. And Freddie taught me um, a lot about leadership, uh, you know, during my time that I was working for him, he taught me how to build up your, you know, your team and, and its people while also putting them in the best position to be challenged but also to be you know, successful as well. 
and show that despite the size of your team, being accessible and being a great partner to the members of your team, no matter what level, it could do wonders for performance and getting the most out of your people. Um, so it's lessons like this from mentors across all my my different experiences that really helped me build you know, what type of leader I wanted to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Joe, post your stop in Brooklyn, you joined Van Wagner Sports and Entertainment, where you manage blue chip global brand sponsorships, marketing and communication across all major sports leagues, including the most historical naming rights deal there, you know, in, in Secaucus, Jersey, MetLife Stadium. What all went into successful completing and activating that large of a partnership? Yeah, so we we had a really great team there on the consulting business side for Van Wagner Sports Entertainment. We established ourselves as an extension of the MetLife marketing team. And so knowing what our role was, you know, which was to maximize the assets that were part of the naming rights that we helped kind of create what those assets were as well uh, from the activation space that we created with pregame activities uh, in, you know, what we called uh, MetLife Central is a huge footprint right outside the stadium. Uh, to positioning of where MetLife branding was, you know, so the beauty of being part of Van Wagner is that they were traditionally more of a out-of-home media company that was getting into sports entertainment. And we were able to tap into our signage folks and our research team and strategically position, you know, signage not only on the outside of the arena, but more importantly on the inside. And Kip Koslow, who was leading our team at the time, along with Alex Gomez, they, they what I think is one of the most well-positioned, they created really, yeah, you know, what I think is one of the you know best positioned branded signs at an NFL naming rights venue uh, with the MetLife logo so clearly visible. If you, you're watching a Jets-Giants game, the way that they position that that logo, it got so much more impressions. It was it was you know it took a lot of time to strategically do that, but that's actually something that I think we we did along with all the activations that I thought set us apart from um, other naming rights you know, uh, partners that, 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 that we were, uh, you know, able to, to position. And I'm sure if, if this podcast would last hours, there's probably a lot of good stories, uh, oh. and a lot of innovative kind of ideas that have stemmed from that. And you know, Joe, for your end, just over nine years ago, you joined the New York Red Bulls and, and first as the VP of marketing and communications, you went on to become the chief marketing and revenue officer. And most recently as the chief commercial officer first, you know, with an organization and, and you've obviously continued to get calls from other places, what do you feel like you've done to continue to get promoted there internally? Yeah, so um, probably have to ask our president and general manager, <laughs> Mark, uh, for that. No, but I think it comes down to adding value, you know, and building strong teams that collaborate where the whole is truly greater than some of its parts. Um, initially, I was brought in to combine marketing and communications teams, you know, to be more of a cohesive unit. Um, then we brought match production into the fold. Then eventually Mark wanted to have me oversee our core revenue areas and ticketing and sponsorship premium and, and youth programs as well. Uh, the goal then for me was how do we take what was once six or seven departments and create an ecosystem that's driven by shared goals. And now that we hired, a, you know, Lisa Padilla and made Christine Chantacarino chief of staff, knowing that they have that shared vision and true partnership where outcome is ahead of ego. Um, it allows me to truly focus on our commercial opportunities to help us, you know, really reach new heights and revenue opportunities as well. Yep. No, absolutely. And it's kind of that one team, one dream mentality, you know, Joe, as, as the chief commercial officer, you oversee, like you mentioned, commercial business, including sponsorship, premium sales and service, ticket sales and service, Red Bull youth programs. And, you know, from a leadership end, 
it's hard to manage a lot of people and it's hard to manage a lot of personalities, but also, you know, your, your task to not only manage those departments, not only from a 30,000 feet view, but also a very granular and in the weeds view at times, like, how do you prioritize that? What does that look like? You know, for, for me, it really comes down to having great lieutenants, right? Like, because if it's a priority for them and, you know, then it's a priority for me, but for me, it's also recognizing, you know, when do I insert myself into those, you know, priorities? Um, and when do I let those department heads lead the way? Um, and I've been really, really fortunate that I've had some great lieutenants, great department heads, um, you know, throughout my time here, you know, my nine years here, I've had some really, really great folks that really own and lead their business. And, um, you know, really, for me, it, it's, it's understanding when do I insert myself. Joe, back, you know, kind of clear back to the beginning, you know, great career. You started out, you attended Rutgers University, received a degree in sports management. What do you think you were going to do career-wise? Is it, isn't it the same for anyone that works in our business, right? Like, doesn't everybody first want to be a professional athlete? Yep. Then you, then you realize, life. then you realize you can't get that. Now yeah. I want to be the GM. Like, <laughs> that, 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 that's, yeah. Like, I feel like that's it, right? Like, all right, I can't be an athlete. Then I, like, I personally want to be GM for the New York Mets. Yeah. Like that wasn't going to happen either. But, um, you know, when you start to work in this industry, I think what is so important, hopefully you get enough, you know, experience and exposure to see what you like. And more importantly, sometimes what you don't like. Right. Yeah. And you create a path for yourself, you know, for your development. And I've been very, very fortunate, really lucky to have the experience that I've had and been, you know, exposed to so many great people and, and so many great things, you know, throughout my career. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Joe Stetson, Chief Commercial Officer with the New York Red Bulls. And Joe, let's get into three hot topics. Question one. There's been a lot of talk and articles about the growth of MLS as a whole. One recent stat I saw was over the last decade, it rose 27% in interest. That's a long way given, you know, probably a decade ago, there's a lot of concern. Was the league going to make it, you know, here domestically in the U.S.? So why do you think MLS as a whole has continued to grow? Yeah, well, and that, and that growth is going to continue to grow. You know, yep. I, I, that's that's my belief, I think. You know, just uh, I think there was an announcement last week, right, that the MLS set the, the record for largest total attendance in a single season. So that's continuing to grow. Yep. Um, MLS and, you know, here's some stats. I'll just I, I'll rattle off. But I love like, it. They have the youngest and most diverse fan base in the U.S. in North, North American sports. Right. And that key 18 to 34 demo, um, it is growing 
eight times faster. You know, soccer is growing eight times faster than baseball and basketball, four times faster than football and hockey. Um, and youth participation is a key to that, I think, as well, too. Um, and the New York Rebels, I can proudly and humbly say, are leading in that area as we reach over 40,000 youth participants a year in just the New York, New, New Jersey, you know, tri-state area. Um, the Apple deal that launched, I think, is is Great. another you know big success for a lot of reasons. Um, it helps that the greatest player in the world, Messi, is, is now playing in the league as well. Yep. And then the World Cup is coming to North America in 2026. So it, it's it's a great time to be part of soccer. Yeah, it's, and it's to your point, it's coming a long way. It's not going to stop. It's going to continue yeah. to power through. Question two, Joe, much of your role now is, is be involved not only on the revenue end, but with the club's chief kind of endeavors, focused primarily on growing the business through innovative partnerships, strategic fan development, providing the city with that unparalleled, you know, unparalleled entertainment experience across the board from kind of street to seat. Big opportunity to make everything really a destination, not just the the, the match. What all goes into that for you? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of factors, a lot of variables, right? So you have the soccer enthusiasts who might just want to watch 90 minutes of soccer and that's it. They want to stay authentic to soccer. Then you have your sports fans, you know, typical New York, you know, casual sports fans who want that elevated game presentation, right? You have families that are looking to be entertained pre-game you know, in-game, halftime, and post-game. And you have partners that need to be strategically integrated into the production as well, right? You know, yeah. and so I think we we give a little bit of all that for everyone, right? And I think that that's what we do well. And it shows, I mean, I think we have, you know, our post-match surveys, we we, we receive really great feedback from our fans that come uh, each match. A few years back, um, J.D. Power & Associates uh, did a fan experience survey and we had the highest ranking scores in both years that they did the survey. So yeah. um, you know, I feel I feel like, you know, objectively, subjectively, I feel like that's, you know, those are things that we focus on uh, and do well. Oh, absolutely. You know, question three, over the years, you've had quite a few opportunities, some that you've taken, some that you've kind of stayed put. And, and we talked about what you've done to continue to get promoted and be around good people and good leaders. But also like the organization as a whole, specifically right now with the New York Red Bulls, you've been able to have a lot of that what are some key organization initiatives that you feel like really help retain top employees like yourself? Um, I'll, I'll tell you a story that I think, you know, captures it. Um, and it's, it's about this place, you know, it speaks to why I'm here for nine years and why I hope to be here for a long time. Um, during COVID our industry, like many industries was decimated, right. And many sports entertainment properties were, were making really, really tough decisions, you know, about what to do with their staff and, at that time, uh, close to two thirds of the company of our, our full-time staff reported into me and into my areas. And I was not sleeping, you know, for weeks early on. Yeah. And our leader, Mark de Grand Prix, who I mentioned to you before, yep. our president and general manager, he called an all staff virtual meeting and, and told everyone that not only we're going to keep everybody employed, but we're going to do everything in our power to keep everybody whole, you know, and as salespeople, I think that Pretty that impressive. also yep. goes a long way. Right. Um, and that was the moment that, you know, I saw what real leadership was and, and, and truly what organizational fortitude is. Um, and that's, you know, I think that speaks to who we are as an organization and who we are, you know, in terms of people first. Yeah. Well, Joe, what a great career. As you think back to your career, what's been your best memory? Um, that meeting's one of them that I was just telling you about. Um, but maybe outside of that, I mean, it was being part of, creating and marketing and executing uh, the 50 greatest moments at Madison Square Garden. 
2006. Um, it was an award-winning series on, on MSG that um, documented all these great moments, you know, that uh, you know, any of us, you know, could, could think of and, and, and remember as these, these great moments in, in sports and entertainment history. And we did a launch party that included people from those moments from Willis Reed and Mark Messier and Joe Frazier uh, and others. So that was really special for me. Ton of great advice. Certainly fun to hear about your journey, both personally and professionally. And close it out, I like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Sure. If you could have any actor play you in a movie, who would it be? Um, Leslie Nielsen. What's the last thing you've completed on your bucket list? Um, I got my kids to think I was actually cool for a brief moment just two months ago. And my wife, Stacy, my kids, Penelope and Isaac, uh, came to Red Bull Arena for for the Miami match when Messi was playing here. Yeah, uh, it was not the result we wanted on the pitch, but it was. I mean, it was an amazing experience. We put on a hell of a show, and just for that brief moment, I love how you prefaced it. Cool. I love how you prefaced it with it. And, and <laughs> if you hosted a talk show, who would be your first guest? Stevie Wonder. Nice. To close it out, Joe, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Um, number one. Put yourself out there to get as much experience and exposure as possible. Number two, be humble with gratitude. And number three, focus on people, you know, your family, your teammates, people that could both elevate you and ground you as well. Love it, Joe. Thank you so much. What a great career. Certainly appreciate talking to you and appreciate all your, your time and expertise. No, thank you, Travis. I really appreciate being on. Joe, thank you again. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.